Let me begin my homily today with a couple of short stories. One night, a little boy was kneeling beside his bed. His mother was on one side, his grandmother on the other. He was saying his night prayers. He said, Dear God, please bless Mommy and Daddy and all the family, and please give me a good night's sleep. He said the, those words in a rather soft voice. Then all of a sudden, he looked up and shouted, And please, Lord, don't forget that I need a new bicycle for my birthday. <laughs> His mother said, Johnny, there's no need to shout like that. God is in debt. The boy leaned over to his mother and said, No, but Grandma is. <laughs> One Christmas day, a four-year-old boy was asked to say grace before meals, and so he did. He started off by thanking God for everybody he knew on planet Earth. He thanked God for his friends, he named each one of them, he thanked God for his mom, his dad, his brothers, his sisters, his grandmother, his grandfather, his aunts and uncles and cousins. And then he began thanking God for the food. Thanks God for the turkey and the stuffing and the cranberry sauce and the pies and the cakes and the bread. And then all of a sudden he paused for quite some time. Then he finally leaned over toward his mom and said, If I thank God for the broccoli, won't he know that I'm lying? <laughs> My brothers and sisters, I give those two little boys credit, a lot of credit, because each of them understood an important truth about prayer. The first one understood that God sometimes answers prayers indirectly through other people, in this case, through Grandma. The second understood that it's important to be honest when we pray, because every interpersonal relationship of love that we have should be rooted in honesty. Hopefully you who are husbands and wives, you have a relationship of honesty with your spouse. Hopefully you young people have a relationship of honesty with your parents. That's so important. It's important in prayer. You know, I think that for all too many people, prayer is like a telemarketer's call. We love those, don't we? I say that because for many people, prayer is strictly business. But true prayer is to be something more. It's to be a dialogue, not a monologue, a dialogue. A dialogue with someone whom we love deeply. And prayer is supposed to be an action that nourishes this love relationship with the Lord. In fact, that's why Jesus said to his disciples in today's gospel, when you pray, say, Father. We are called to relate to God, the creator of everything that is, the all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful Lord of the universe. We are called to relate to him as a son or daughter relates to their dad. This is an awesome privilege. We take it for granted as Catholics. Abraham, in today's reading, does this, does he not? In this first reading, this text where he intercedes for Sodom. 
And by the way, I should mention in this context, the major sin in the city of Sodom at the time was the sin that was eventually named after the city. And that's a sin that our Supreme Court recently told us is no big deal. Well, today we should ask Abraham from his place in God's kingdom to pray for us, to pray for our nation, as he prayed for the original Sodom all those years ago. But my reason for mentioning this scene today is not to focus on that aspect of the story. That'll be a topic for another homily on another Sunday. But rather, I mention it today to focus on the fact that Abraham relates to God in this scene like a typical son relates to his dad. Dad, can I go out for a while with some of my friends tonight, even though I have school tomorrow? Yeah, okay, you can, you can go, no problem. Five minutes later, Dad, can I stay out with my friends until nine o'clock tonight? Yes, yes, that'll be okay. Five minutes later, Dad, would 9.30 be okay? Because we have an awful lot to talk about. I haven't seen my friends in a couple of days now. All right, 9.30 is fine. Five minutes later, hey, Dad, how about 10 o'clock? Don't push it, kid. <laughs> be home at 9.30. I'm sure that many of you dads and moms have had conversations like that with your children. Some of you have probably had them on an almost daily basis. Abraham had that kind of conversation with the Lord of the universe, with Almighty God himself. And God didn't mind at all, because God wants us to relate to him in an intimate, personal, genuine, honest way. I invite you sometime to open your Bibles and go to the book of Psalms. We should do that actually quite often. The book of Psalms was the prayer book of the Jewish people through which they expressed themselves in a personal, intimate, genuine, honest way to God. Today's psalm that we heard at this Mass was a psalm of thanksgiving, but there are lots of other psalms of different kinds. There are 150 total. But there are psalms of praise in the book of Psalms. There are psalms for people in distress, for people in sorrow, for people who are confused, for people who need forgiveness. In fact, they say that there's a psalm for every human emotion and for every human circumstance. And that's the way it should be. Because as human beings, we experience a whole range of emotions and circumstances in our lives. Consequently, if we're going to be honest, genuine, real with God in our prayer, we need to be able to express ourselves honestly and genuinely to Him in our prayer, regardless of what we're going through in the present moment. If we're happy, we need to be able to express that to the Lord, and He wants us to. But the same is true if we're confused or sad or sorrowful, repentant, whatever it happens to be. The Psalms give us that opportunity, so we should use them, at least occasionally, when we pray. At the Steubenville Youth Conference every year, one of the points they really, really, really try to drive home to the teenagers is that our Catholic religion is first and foremost about a relationship a relationship, 
a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, which is rooted in love and truth and prayer. They make the point very explicitly that our Catholic religion is not first and foremost about rules and commandments, which of course is what many people, young and not so young, mistakenly think. Now that's not to say that commandments and rules are unimportant. If you've heard me preach, you know I take the commandments very seriously. We all should. They are extremely important. But what makes them important and meaningful is their connection with this personal relationship we're supposed to have with Jesus Christ and with his Heavenly Father. Properly understood, the commandments are rules of love that are meant to guide us in having this deep relationship with the Lord. They are rules that help us to love Jesus. To love Jesus himself and Jesus present in our brothers and sisters. I am always pleased, in fact, I'm ecstatic when I see young people and not so young people begin to get this, understand this, this idea of this relationship and how prayer is supposed to nourish that relationship. And that happens for many teenagers at this youth conference every year. Then a lot of things about their Catholic faith all of a sudden start to make sense, including this idea about the role of prayer in nourishing and strengthening our relationship with the Lord. Let me give you a few examples of what I mean. You know, after the conference, we invite the teenagers, if they want, to write down their personal reflections in a notebook. And a number of them, praise God, did that after the retreat this year, which concluded last Sunday. Here are some of the things that they wrote. Now keep in mind, these things were written by young people. You know, sometimes we sell young people short. I never do. Some of the great saints of the church, Aloysius Gonzaga, Maria Goretti, have been young people. They are capable of great things if we just give them the chance. One young man, reflecting on the very powerful Saturday night prayer experience, which is a big turning point for many young people on this weekend, after that experience he wrote this. The night started out entertaining, and I was pumped. The songs and prayers that were said made me feel at peace with the Lord. I'll admit, I was starting to get a little impatient waiting for adoration to start. Adoration is a very powerful moment in that Saturday night experience. But once it did start, I felt the Holy Spirit enter me. Whereas last year I cried, this year I wasn't as emotionally impacted. However, this only ensured that the meaning and message of Jesus embedded itself in my soul in a more permanent spiritual manner. I almost cried at times, and at others, I almost laughed. All I can say is, I was at peace. And I knew that Jesus was always with me. That is what comforted me the most. Notice the idea of relationship. It stands behind that boy's words. Another teenager wrote, this was my second year at Steubenville. Similar to last year, the awesome music helped me to pray and worship and focus on Jesus. 
Although I felt that God had a different message for me than last year, it was good to come back and really feel the complete love Jesus has for all of us. And finally, here's one from a young man who initially did not want to go. I had originally thought about not going to Steubenville. I eventually changed my mind. And that was the best decision of my life. If you ever think about not coming, just come. You won't regret it. Steubenville is an awesome retreat. Lights flashing, music blaring, talks and adoration that bring people to tears. You will leave a new and changed person. The people you meet are so respectful and everyone is open to making friends. As the song says, chains be broken, lives be healed, eyes be opened when Christ is revealed. You honestly have no idea how good you'll feel reviving and or strengthening your faith and relationship with God. I couldn't have said it better myself. Prayer, my brothers and sisters, is where we nourish our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. First and foremost, here at Mass, which is the most important prayer of all that we have as Catholics. And then in our personal prayer time. Prayer is where we get the power, the grace, the strength, the anointing we need to live and to love as Jesus Christ calls us to live and to love. These teenagers, after their Steubenville experience, get that. They know it. They understand it. Hopefully we do too.